What up, what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of 94 Feet with Coach JT. Hey, do me a favor. As I build these subscribers and these likes, man, please comment on the page. Just let me know what you think about the show and um, just any information, any uh, just just help me out, man. Give me suggestions. I'm all down for it, man. I'm, I'm here for it. Um, today, man, let me get into this my guest resume real, uh, real quick. And bear with me, man, because I got to be precise and accurate with my information I'm going to give to you real quick because I'm, I'm – I'm excited about this one today, for sure. Um, my guest today is from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, he went to college at Augsburg College from 95 to 99. He was the first-round pick, the 23rd overall pick in the first round of the Los Angeles Lakers. He also played with the Dallas Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors. A little more information. He's a three-time NBA champion, second-team Division Three All-American in ABC in 99, two-time MEAC Player of the Year, Three-time All-MEAC player from 97 to 99, none other than Devin George. Devin George, how you doing, man? What's going on, brother? Man, I appreciate you taking time out your day. Come chop it up with me, and I know we've been just, I've been waiting to get you in the studio, and I appreciate you, man, so thanks for coming. No problem. So, and as we know, like I said, especially me watching you play for years, and, and my background, DNA too, 94 feet, man, we jump right into it, we pick up full court. So, we're going to jump right in this thing. I got to know from, I've been doing my homework a little bit, right? So, let's go from from the start of this thing, man, Minnesota. Um, man, tell me about Minnesota and, and growing up in Minnesota. Well, um, cold, and um, I was short, man. That's just really – I was a late bloomer. Um, I was always a decent basketball player, but I was a late bloomer. I was extremely short um, from – up until my junior year. Going into my junior year, I was probably 5'9", five, 5'10", five, in high school, and then – over one summer going into my senior year, I got to like 6'3". And so that was a crazy growth spurt over the summer. And then when I got to college, um, I grew another four or five inches more in college. And so me being a late grower kind of helped, helped bring everything together for a basketball player. So you talk about Minnesota and the cold, though. I want to ask this, though. How did you manage, or was basketball the, the first sport, or what else did you do? Because, I mean, cold weather, being outside... Yeah. And the gym having hoop though too. But what was the any other sports you rocked earlier on? I did. I played baseball and football. Okay. Um, I stopped. I played one year when I got into high school and then I just wanted to do basketball full time. But um and I stopped football freshman year. I played baseball my freshman year in high school, but then I stopped. And then I was like, because it was it was taking up time for my real love of basketball, like spring league and all that stuff. I was right. like I'd rather be in summer league and spring league than doing other sports. So growing up, you know, as we know, we all have our idols of people we looked up to or emulate. Being from Minnesota at the time, who was somebody on your radar that you was like, okay, this is where I'm leaning toward. This is who I'm rocking with, patting my game after. So there was it was a couple. Um, one was Kirby Puckett. He was a baseball player. Oh, yeah. So Kirby Puckett was like our Michael Jordan in Minnesota. I mean, I'm not sure how many people are familiar with baseball. Amazing. But Kirby Puckett was like our Michael Jordan. And so – me being able to meet him at 11, like, really was... Legend. Yeah, it, it, was, it was crazy. And then end up being friends with him later on in life. But the person I really enjoyed watching was Scottie Pippen, was my favorite. Right. Um, everyone loves Michael Jordan. I love Michael Jordan. But, like, yeah. the guy that I really enjoyed watching play was Scottie Pippen. Um, we had more games than the Timberwolves. We WGN oh, was yeah. the Lakers, or with the Chicago, Chicago right? station. Yeah. And so we saw all their games. And so that was just, you know, it was only natural to be a Bulls fan and to watch those guys okay. and, and, and anybody try to, you know, patent your game after those guys. That's what's up. So, and as you know, now having a 
son in sports playing ball. But back then, right again, our time frame. I mean, you got me by a few years, but I'm still I'm still up there too. But in uh, <laughs> playing multiple sports like that, though, how much time did you put in? Because you said you're playing baseball, football, and mm-hmm. basketball. Mm-hmm. So I know knowing the work ethic, right? How many hours a day was you? I mean. That was it all day, every day for you? Or what was yeah, your schedule like? sports, it was just sports all day, every day. And then even when school was started, you know, even when school started, you know, right after school, I was going right to the gym. And this wasn't really something that my parents asked me to do. And I was just talking about this. Like, my parents, you know, they worked two jobs, both of them. But they never, ever told me to go to the gym. Ever. Not one time. I was just talking to my mom. Was like, I don't think that was really on their radar. They was just trying to survive and trying to, you know, mm-hmm. take care of the family. They really wasn't thinking about, hey, you need to go work on your left hand. You need to go. They my they never took me to the gym to shoot. It was just something that was just we did. You know, I wanted to get better. So after school, drop my books off at home, walk down the street. That's that's super dope. Um, siblings in the family? Competition? Yeah, I, any any? Oh yeah. What was so, that like? Um, so I'm the middle child. So I got a younger and an older. Um, we're six years apart, and the 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 baby is the baby. And the firstborn is the firstborn. So I'm like you the, run, the middle. Yeah, you got <laughs> so, to hold it down. So I'm the middle. But um, but I had an older brother that was extremely talented at basketball. Really, really good. Um, but and, and I So I would follow him around and then always want to play with older guys. And I think that's Key. the model that I kind of work with my son is let him get beat up by the older kids yeah. playing up. Because I'm not in a rush. If he's going to get better, we're going to stretch him earlier. Right. You know what I mean? Let them get lumped up early on in sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade, because then when you get to high school, then you kind of catch up. Yep. You know, but what's the point of him dominating in fifth grade? You know, if he's better than most fifth graders, right. it doesn't make sense. It doesn't do you any good. So I put him in sixth and seventh to kind of get beat up, because that's what happened to me. That's how I got better, is um, being pushed down and and the strength and just seeing, you know, you 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 know without having to say anything when you play against older people, you know where you're lacking when a guy hits you you know that hurt you Mm -hmm. know when you're trying to push somebody and you can't move them you know you're not strong enough you know when you're trying to get a shot off and they keep blocking your shot you know you're not you know so you adjust and i think those are things that get better um and so that's kind of what i do right now with myself that's that's what's up so and as a parent and as you know training and coaching uh kids myself Mm -hmm. included um at that time for me my mom wasn't there to i don't think she even wanted to get her hands on and be like don't do nothing so was your mom hands on at that point? Or she, like you said, she was just letting you do your thing, and you had to grow up on your own on the basketball court in sports. Oh yeah, no, right? Wasn't no that over? No, my mom. <laughs> they didn't say anything. We really, my dad. My dad pushed me. He was at the games, and he always kind of pushed me. Um, he always kind of made room for getting better, no matter what it is. Thirty Never points, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, man, but you missed them free throws, <laughs> you know." And you know, it's cool. Yeah. You have a really good game. He's like, "Yeah, but." You know, you looked a little tired to me. You know, he was always finding something that, you know, Don't just keep, yeah, to kind of keep pushing you. That's dope. That's, that's super crucial. So when you really got serious about this basketball thing, like you said, um, more leaning towards middle school or high school when it really get, like, all about hoop. So I was really serious about basketball, like, as soon as I started. Like, this was something that was serious to me. I took it way more serious than other kids. Okay. Um, but then as I got to high school, it was serious. But I would say probably – sophomore year, junior year, reality set in. I had no schools asking me. I had no scholarships. I had not one coach ask me to come to their school. No school. And so Mm -hmm. um, senior year, no scholarships, no offers, 
no contact. There was no coaches even said anything. So, you, you know, you think, okay, at that point, you know, going to the NBA is probably out of the – Right. It just it, it didn't even cross my so mind. So let me ask this, though. What were those numbers like? Because, as we know, numbers really don't lie, but what were the, what were the numbers like in high school at that time? Oh, I was scoring 25 a game. I was averaging. I was a decent player. I was scoring 20, 25 games. You know, I was – I wasn't so, by no means. So just the lack of again, you know, now if you have this this these devices, oh you yeah, you you know, telling where yeah. you end up, right? If you yeah. have that publicity, right, and stuff like that, and also, so in, in the Minnesota where you're at, is a school small small numbers? How, so what was that environment? So like? I went to a small Catholic school, but at the time we were in the Minnesota Conference, and we were playing all the larger schools, the Red Wings, the Chaska. These are like Big cities, time. which you know. 2,000 kids at the school, 3,000 kids Huge at the schools. school. Yeah. I mean, so we were just getting beat down. We were just getting beat down every night because we're playing these big, huge public schools. Mm -hmm. um, we're a small Catholic school. And so, um, but, I mean, it was it was challenging, but but we, uh, you know, it, it, is what, it was what it was. I, it, it got me better. Yeah. It was stretching me. That stretch or that drive you talk about right now, where does that come from? I always try to think of like what was it that motivated me so I can try to give it to my son or so I can try to tell young people mm -hmm. and it's just something that's in you like I'm not sure why like failures didn't defeat me it kind of motivated me you know and it's like when I didn't make the team like I was never crying I just sat patiently and waited to the coach after and said hey man what do I need to do to make the team next year you know what I mean? And I would go right to the gym and try to work on it or whatever. This is why I didn't make it. And nice. so I didn't – it just never really – you know, sometimes when failures, some people just get discouraged. I don't mm -hmm. know. It just kind of, like, made me angry, but I in, right. a, in a good way. That's and um, I just kept trying out for the same teams so um, and kept failing and kind of make it. I, I, I feel it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can feel it. Like different different story situations, but I definitely can relate. Um, so now we get to – you said no no offers, right? Nobody knocking down your door. And again, now as we see, then and now it's totally different because you can advocate for yourself. Now you can see mm -hmm. videos, pictures, mm -hmm. you can do everything. What is on your mind going to senior year? Okay, I'm still putting up numbers. Mm -hmm. Yo, took took all these L's, whatever, vice versa. But now, I feel I know I can play at this an another level. Mm -hmm. What do you do? What goes on? What happens? What what happens there? So in my mind, um, I was saying I still had basketball desire in me, and so I'm like, okay. Well, I'll just go to a smaller school, play basketball, and get an education. Still get on the court. You know, because I can't, you know, I still want to play. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people, you know, their basketball life is like, okay, high school is over. And, like, oh, I'm done with it. I can do without it. I still wanted it. I still want to play. And so that was the next best step of, of getting education and still playing at a competitive level. My parents were all for it. Um, you know, I was the first, high, you know, college graduate. So. And so they're high school graduates, so they were thinking NBA. They were like, we got a son. So they were taking out student loans. You know, obviously there's no scholarship. Mm -hmm. I'm taking out student loans. They're taking out loans make it work. to try to get a kid to graduate from college. Right. And so one thing led to another. That's super dope. So you, how does, how does um, Augsburg come into play? What, what, how does that come about? It came into play. My coach, my high school coach, was helping me, wanted to help me get into college. And think he maybe called the coach and said hey I got a really good kid you know you should look at him and um, he came to a game maybe and you know helped me get into admission my mom actually knew somebody that worked at the the college and um, helped me with the financial aid and all that stuff and I enrolled and um, it that was the first step 
So that first accomplishment, though, just getting graduate high school, getting into college, how was how was mom and dad feeling? They were excited just getting in college. Like they were like, you know, <laughs> they weren't thinking like NBA. They weren't thinking any of that. They were like, we got a kid that's going to college. You right. know, we, you know, they want to get a kid. And because us as parents, you know, we want our kids to go further than we did. Yes, you know, whatever we accomplished, whatever we had success at, we want our kids to pass that or do better. Right. And so they're looking at, yeah, we graduated from high school, but we want one of our kids to go to college and graduate from college. That's cool. So get a taste of this college life now, as we know, right? Every It's levels, right? You already said now. No matter if you're a D1, D2, D3, and I can attest to that, it doesn't matter. What's the biggest jump you feel you have to make for yourself coming from high school now to try to compete at a collegiate level? Um, well, the bit, so, and I tell kids this all the time, every level when you're in junior high, you're the man. But then when you go to the next seventh, eighth grade, you're not the man. Mm -hmm. You're in seventh grade, you're the man. When you go to high school, you know, Phil Jackson calls it well poop. It sinks to the bottom. You're mm -hmm. at the bottom of the totem pole. You're at the bottom. You got to start back up. And so going in, you know, the, the, the biggest jump was like that, um, that independent, the scheduling, um, being mature, like, no, I got to get to class, getting your schedule together. I got practice. I got captain's practices. All of that stuff is kind of is, is new. That's what you have to, as an athlete, that's what you have to kind of work on doing. And then really, I was a young guy. Uh -huh. My mom, you know, I got a birthday. My birthday is August 29th. Well, school starts five days later, so you can either have, you can be an older kid in the class or uh -huh. you can be a very young kid. So I was a very young kid. So at 17, I, was too. <laughs> I graduated from high school. Yeah. At 17, I'm starting college. Yep. So I was on the younger end of like having right. to figure things out. And that's probably why my growth spurt was probably a little later later than normal but as normal like my growth spurt happened at 16 but I'm I'm almost trying to finish high school you're not done you know because I have a late birthday so so that was one of the biggest adjustments is really like mm -hmm. being a young man of like now you're in control you got to know I got class I got to get some lunch I got mm -hmm. practice I got to study after you know you got to get that together and that was just kind of new to me that's what's up so and coming in did you set out any any goals for yourself like say you talk about being the man whatever coming from your high school dominating their you know physically points wise stuff like that gameplay but now going to this um new setting was it like you know what i want to start mm -hmm. i want to play this position or mm -hmm. was it like i'm just gonna go in it and earn chip away and earn everything i got to get in the door well in d3 we had jv and we had varsity and i remember you know kind of going in and, and and thinking like you know why am i not on the varsity team you know i mean i was decent enough to to play and you know we had captain's practices and I didn't know, you know, why I would be on the JV. And obviously, you know, when you get to that that level, most of the time coaches have um, players that they've had for three or four yep. years. And, you know, you really got to push somebody over for a coach to kind of look a freshman way, you know, to, you know, push one of their guys that they've been working with All for the right. last three years, yeah. four years or been there. So that was one of the major things that kind of came in. Like, this is this ain't right. That was the first time I kind of – understood the politics of you know College playing and, and it's just and it's a lot going on it's not just sometimes you just throw the, the best players out. out there and whoever gets it gets it no yeah. it's 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 some politicking going on and so right. i um i had to navigate through that for a few uh me and another guy too that was very talented i think to be honest and uh, me and another guy named alex we we're mm -hmm. freshmen i think we were probably the best in the program 
but we were freshmen. He put us both both on the on the JV squad, and um, we just had to work our way through. Right. So and as I again, this, knowing setting this up, man, I, I'm big on my homework research, man. I'm, I'm a basketball guru person as far as that goes, but the numbers is is crazy, right? Year to year. So as as those rise and as you again, you're doing your thing, man. It's kind of coming around for you. What, but what's the environment like actually playing there too, as well, though, as far as playing at that level? But then because it seems like you're still in your home city, hometown. Mm-hmm. So I'm that's still that's from home. comfortable too. And um, how is that like for your parents? To see those games, because I know it's like you know, yeah. I mean, to have your parents come to a game, whether you're playing a lot or a little, vice versa, whatever it is. But how was that feeling when you're out here balling? Mm. You know, how's yeah. that going? How's that Th- feel? That that was um, they kind of broke it down to, you know, when you're in junior high or whatever. That was mm-hmm. really cute and fun. <laughs> yeah. And then you know, you get the high school. That was that was fun. Right. But then the college games and traveling and play conference play or whatever then they said that's just another level of like excitement you know for watching your kid and so um it was just uh they were exact i mean they were at every game and and crazy part about it is you know my parents they work two jobs and so you know that was their break really is my games at seven o'clock because my mom's working all day you know games at seven o'clock she's done (laughs) seven nine o'clock game over she's going to start the bune and clean you know, clean the building, you know, that, and so, and it kind of came out, it was just, it was kind of weird how it happened is that I was always in the paper. So she was getting the paper hot off the press. (laughs) So she's working at the Star Tribune. And so, and then my dad knew this, the guy in the St. Paul paper and he would just like load up in papers. It kind of embarrassed me at time. I'm like, you guys, I hope, and they, 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 I mean, they would come home with like stacks of paper and I'm like, you guys, it's the same article. Like, why do you need (laughs) 10 of them? And I was like, I hope you didn't take that in front of somebody, <laughs> you know. There. So, um, but it, but it was all in fun. I, but I get it now, the excitement, you right. know, when your child is doing stuff. So, yeah, that, that's definitely, again, parents, is, is that's a dope thing. But it's, a, it's for them, too, as well, right? So we're it doing is. it through them for them. Um, again, going through seeing, man, just the two-time MEAC Player of the Year, three-time All-MEAC. Um, how did those accomplishments, awards make you feel just personally, though, for yourself? You know, it was, I really didn't put too much into it. Like, I think I started to play with, like, some of the guys that were D1 players in the summertime and some of the pros. And I was like, these these guys are not much better than me, and some of them are better than mm-hmm. me. So I was like, I was thinking about other things. Like, it was starting to go back, like, man, maybe I can go overseas or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I started to think of that as I started getting to, like, my sophomore year, going into my junior year and stuff. Okay. As because I started playing against all these guys in the summer league, and I'm like, man, these guys, you know. So, (laughs) so that's kind of. So after my sophomore year, I went to transfer, Um, and my dad Uh was like, "Don't do it." I'm like, "Dad, I, you know, I got student loans racking up." And so I'm like, "You thinking more on the business, yeah, the financial side? Get something free?" And he was like, "No, no, no, please, no." I was like, "No, no," and so. You know, obviously there was tampering rules and right. whatever stuff, so you couldn't really tell anything. But coaches would tell me, of course, the guy that was trying to guard you, he's our best player and he's and on a scholarship. Kidding. And you're whooping him. So <laughs> I'm like, Dad, I can go to this school. I can get a scholarship. I get free. You know, and he's like, no. He was at, he's like, please, no. He's like, for what? And he's, you know, he's showing me the papers. He's like, you getting, you know, buzz going. Mm-hmm. He's like, no. He was like, mm-hmm. you in the right place. Right. And so. 
I was like, you know, I kind of I stuck through. I was like, you know what, I'll stay here, um, and you know, and, and listen to my dad, and and, and it worked out. It worked That's out. Super dope. Shout out to pops. Um, did you stay all four? Or just I did all four. Yep. Graduated. Yep. With degree I, in what? I grad uh, business communication. So again, and I guess my high school program, college student athlete. Yeah. Take care of the award. Now, that's the question, too. How did the graduation from the college make the parents feel? Because I definitely remember my look on my mom's face, my yeah. family's face, in the hot sun. I'm at the school down south. It was sweating, but they were all there. But how about your parents? Like, how yeah, was that feeling for it, them? It, it, was a, it, was a, it was a joy like, like no other because, like, it was this excitement of, like, they were just kind of floating because <laughs> yeah. I was graduating. Excuse me. And at that time, you know, we go back to the story when my dad told me to stay. He stay, stay. He right. said, "Don't worry, stay, stay, stay." And then the next year, scouts started coming in, and then obviously, like pe- you know, my friends and people in the stands, everybody's excited when people start coming in because right. it was truly a word of mouth thing. Like you start making noise, mm-hmm. someone had to say something. There's no social media where you see this guy and they go. It was really talk. Hey, there's a kid over here. There's a kid, kid. And so things just started to pick up. There were like three or four teams in the gym every night right. just coming to see, like, what's going on with this? I hear this guy making noise over uh-huh. here. So my friends and stuff, they'd be excited, whatever, and my dad would be around, and he never would say, I told you, I told you. <laughs> to say. You know, he just kind of would look around, and he'd he be like, hey, the Bulls were here. And, you know, people you know, got people was excited about it. And so right. and he just kind of look away, and he's just like, you know, nope, I'm not going to say I, I told you. I'm about it, and so, so that was one of the things that, that that happened, you know, during that time too. That's know. super dope, man. Before we get into that that next movement of your life, though, I definitely um, gotta shout out my homie Clutch, man. You got two X or two X? I got a two X shirt. Yep. Big enough? Yeah. Okay, cool, man. Clutch, Clutch clothing, man. Take care of the show today, man. My boy Brian and shout out to uh, Clutch, man. Definitely <laughs> gave me a little tank top for sure. Like I said, man, y'all definitely look at on Instagram, man. Got some dope gear. Um, just building a brand, man. Just for different people, um, everything, man. Also, got the camp tomorrow. I'm doing. Um, shout out to some people who sponsor some kids, though, man. Um, smart athletic kids sponsor two kids for my camp. Linebacker dad sponsor the kids. Um, just appreciate you guys, man, for your time and your your effort to support the kids in the city because it's definitely needed. And that's why I'm that's why I'm out here. That's why we're here doing this too. So I just want to show love to everybody again who shows love to to me and my homie with the new the shirt again. Barber dreams, man. Cause I'm dope, man. We're all dope in our own way, so I definitely want to support my people and uh, keep it going. I appreciate y'all. So, you go through the senior year, get the degree, walk across that stage. People come to the games. What are you thinking now that you actually see here and see maybe NBA scouts in your in your city in your gym? Is the dream starting to come true at this point, or what are you thinking? Um, no, it wasn't because I still need to go prove myself. Um, I had to get invited to the, the, the pre-draft camps. And, you know, the story of me getting invited to a pre-draft camp was just fate. It just, it happened. Hmm. And so they only take 64 guys. And they take the 64 guys, they choose privacy from Duke, and, right. you know, they choose those guys. There was one guy, and everyone that comes to my house, they see kind of the stuff that I have. My, my balls signed and shoes and all that stuff and they're like who that, who's this guy right here and this guy was it was Yale Dosi and he was on the committee of Portsmouth Invitational and he was a he was kind of he he like loved small school guys he was he was a guy that got Scottie Pippen in he got Dennis Rodman in so he had like a little knack got for DNA a little bit for like liking small small guys and so he wanted to let me in. We're sending tapes. We're trying to get in, and they the committee was like, "No way, no, hmm. no, 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 Yale, no." Um, and Yale was like, "Please, come on, trust me. You know, let him in. Let's let's let him in." 
So time goes on. I keep training. They're not going to let me in. So I'm just kind of like thinking, okay, what's the next move? Continue to train. Well, J.R. Koch, a guy from Iowa, and everybody asked me, I'll never, I'll probably have to see where he's at or what happened. And I don't even know if he even knows the story. Well, he was one of the 64 invited. He gets hurt a day or two before the camp. One spot open. One spot open. Crazy. So they're like, uh, let's, gotta let, let him in. Let, <laughs> let's, him let, in. Ye, let's let Yale's guy in. Okay. We let Yale's guy in. Let's see what your guy can do. Right. So when we get there, Yale, little guy, he's like, oh, they let, you know, I'm happy to have you. Yeah. You're going to make me look really good. And so I get there, and I end up being the best camper. We, we, we won the um, tournament. We didn't lose a game. Um, we all played as a team. We all got to showcase our skills. And then it just kind of, that was the first thing, Domino, that just kind of fell into place. So, and so, let's see, draft day comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, you already had an idea where you were going, or that was unknown at the time? No idea. So, um, draft day was, like, exhausting because from that first day, and I actually got hurt during this because I, every, so from that camp, every team's there. Every team, owner, their GM, they're all there. So from that count, they all like we need to get. They want. We need. They want. They want you bringing in in their building. Privately, right? Okay. So I can't turn anybody down. So they're all like, we want you to come in. Our, you know. So I'm just going to work out, to work out, to work out, to work out, to work out. Exhausted. I mean, and some of the workouts. I mean, kids don't understand. Like you know, <laughs> they don't understand. They think they're working. Like you come in somebody's training cap, especially you go to Miami or something like that. They working you. They want to see if you're in shape. They want to see how mentally strong you are. They're going to – they, they, some kids think they're ready for it until they get to it. Mm-hmm. If they came in and see what it took, some of them would drop out like, ah, that, uh, I, I don't want it. But So I'm working out. I worked out up until the day of the draft. The, the morning of the draft, I was still – I worked out in New Jersey and flew home. Crazy. So I worked out because I had missed a gap. I got hurt in Indiana during a workout – and so I missed like two or three weeks of like I just couldn't I just had to sit up. I couldn't practice. I couldn't do anything. My ankle was swollen. So on draft day, um, I had no clue. You know, they always have draft projections where mm-hmm. they think you're gonna go, whatever. I, and I, I was in projections. Some they thought I would get drafted some somewhere. Right. I just didn't know where. And so as time goes on, um, obviously the Lakers drafted me on the twenty third pick. But that was a pick that I didn't think would happen. Right. Um, two things. One, they had Kobe, Rick, Eddie Jones. Same position, right? They had four or five guys in Three. their youth, right. Glenn Rice, in their youth that play the same swing position. Mm-hmm. They're swing players. They play guard. They play forward. Like, why would they even draft me? Not knowing they may have, hey, we're going to draft a younger player. Mm-hmm. We're going to move a couple of these other pieces, get some other pieces. Mm-hmm. We got a younger player that can get groomed. They trying to form that. But older guys are going to be moved out. We'll have a younger guy be able to step in. Obviously, that's the business. Didn't know that. I'm thinking that. And then two, that was Phil's first year. He was drafted. He, he that was his first year. So he wanted to get his build his foundation a little bit. Yeah. So that workout, you know, you know who the teams want. So they brought me in with a guy that I was the workout dummy, the Lakers. So you're going against this dude. I was going against this guy, but drug him. Yeah, you're not going to give me a chance. Like, that's And that's up. the thing. Like, You're not going to give me a shot. That's all you Don't need, give though. me a chance. Don't needed. give me a chance. That's it's not going to be right. So, <laughs> and, I, and, and 
part of me, you know, you know, you have a little. I don't. I, I'm gonna say you want to have a little fire because you know what you are. You like you know. know, I'm the crash test dummy. Mm-hmm. Like you're just the. We're here. Yeah, that, we want to see this guy, shoulder. but we just need you to just don't put me in that situation. <laughs> I'm gonna rough him up. So <laughs> I love it. So I get in there, I work out. Phil's putting us through this, and he Phil probably just got hired weeks, two weeks, mm-hmm. putting us through these drills. Go here, do that. Then he start having me do this. You go do this. Had a really good one. And Phil comes up to me. He's like, you had a lucky workout today. And I was like. So man, you want to see you can do it again? Yeah, he's like, lucky. I was like, luck. I say luck. I, you know, I was calling him Mr. Jackson. I was, you know, I was intimidated. You know, this yeah. coach, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like, that wasn't luck. I said, I'll go shoot some more if you want me to. I'm not tired. Mm. I'm in shape. I'm ready to go. He's like, no, no. End on a good note. You know, end on a good note. You got lucky. He kept saying, you got lucky. I'm like, man, he, I kept correcting him. I'm like, it's not luck. I said, I, if you want me, I'll go shoot some more. We can go do some more drills. Yeah. I'm ready to go. He said, no. And he just walks off. I might have made his mind up right there. No, he didn't. So I go home, call my agent. He's like, how'd it go? I said, I had a really good workout. He's like, he's like, you know they want the other guy. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I don't think they want him after today because he, he, <laughs> he got torched. And so he's like, all right, a few days go by. They call me back again. Say, Lakers, want you see you again? Mm. I'm like, I'm like, man, they just, I just was just, I was just there. Yeah. What more do they want to see? Coach is there again. He said, you had a lucky workout last time. Do that S again. Yeah, he messing with you. That's the Zen master, right? I don't think I missed a shot the second time I went back. I don't think I missed. I, I can remember make, missing a shot during the first workout. The second one when they brought me back, I don't think I missed a shot. So. He just walks off. I think nothing of it. Again, I know the roster. You you know, when you're going to get drafted, you know who's on the team. Mm-hmm. And if there's a player, if there's a center, and I'm a center, I know uh, they're probably not going to want me. They got those. So that's what I was thinking. Right. Draft day comes. They end up drafting me. So, and just to let this be known again, people, Division Three. Division Three. Division Three. Division, Division three, three, right? Yeah. So first. It's that's still, a, uh, that's the, a trivial the first round pick, though. Yeah. And yeah. I think we talked about this at the camp a week and a half ago, right? You told the kids in the camp, the only player? The only, yeah. The only player, Division yeah. three to be drafted in the first round. Yep. Um, your name's getting called. That that initial feeling for you, out-of-body experience, or what was that like? Yeah, that it had was, to be something crazy. It was, it was the shock and the um, uh, relief. Like, I was shocked and relieved kind of like because it was like a lot of stuff that was built up right. it was a lot of built up work that kind of just was able to kind of like let who, it go who did you hug first uh i think everybody i think my the mom group, and, group yeah hug. everybody kind of came yeah. in I, I can just remember my brother he was yelling champion George, champion. <laughs> like he was I, like it's all burnt in my mind right, right. like he was so excited he was just yeah. like running around happy for you. yeah yeah that's and so so moving from the cold to the west coast oh yeah. Was that difficult overall, even though you got drafted? I know that, but just leaving and coming out all the way to here. Like, yeah, it was it was it was an adjustment. I adjusted eventually, you know, but it was an adjustment. The city and then really going from a division three to the Lakers. That was a big yeah. step. And I tell people all the time, like, going from Duke to the Timberwolves is a big jump. You know, Duke is massive school, but going right. to the league, it's a, it's a big jump. But now you're going to. I'm the, going from 
Tiny Hawksburg to the, echelon. to the Lakers. So my my leap was just huge. And so like the first part, you know, when I got there, I just like I didn't talk because I was just trying to just figure things out, just kind of seeing how things move. There's people everywhere, all on the buses, there's fans <laughs> and the hotels. I'm just trying to figure things out. Like, right. Why are there people all around all the time? What's going on? And so I was just kind of just trying to figure things out. So, and on here on my show, I love to talk about just some of the adversity parts though too. Like during this transition or doing that, especially your rookie year, any 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 times where you had to really like, okay, let me self check or I need some support, or I need some help or kind of I need to get on track. Time where it got really rough for you. Yeah, I mean it was it was really rough because it's, you know, and the good thing too. I went. I, I got drafted, and we had all season vets, you know, Rick Fox and Brian Shaw's and Shaq's and John Sally's yeah, and AC Green. Yeah, a lot of OGs. And, <laughs> you know, so I've had a lot of good older players, Robert Ory, all those players that have had that season. Right. And what people don't understand is, like, the the NBA, it's, a, it, it's the same. We do the same thing every mm-hmm. year. So when you have a young guy come in, the older guy can tell you like, "This is what's about to happen. This is what we're gonna do. Here's how you're gonna feel. Facts. What happens?" And so it's a cycle. It just it you do the same thing over and over every year. The same time, the same practice, same games. It's just the same thing over. Right. You see the same thing. And so the adversity. I had good vets that can kind of I could fall on, come in, ask questions, have trouble with. They've been through it and seen it. Absolutely, that was super dope. That support I know is definitely key. I want some other NBA guys who went through that without some support and see where their careers went. Kind of like, yeah. okay, it kind of helps out a lot. Um, I mean, you played with a lot of legends, but two major legends initially, right? So just getting to be in that same environment with those guys and seeing Shaq up close and seeing, you know, Cole up close. Now you see some guys, they're getting, they're getting awesome people. Well, how were you kind of, your if you those conversations went or just initial the first time you're meeting those guys in that in that space, right, as a player? You're there to play, right? You're not there as a fan. Like mm-hmm. you're there to play. Mm-hmm. How was that initial coming to? Because I got to show respect, but also I'm like, no, I got to work. Cause if not, mm-hmm. my life, my job's on the line. Um, I got respect because it was the first thing that I took in is as a rookie, as a young player, coming into around vets. You need to be seen, not heard. A lot mm-hmm. of young guys. They want to be heard early on when they don't really have enough stripes. They don't really have enough OG status to be talking and loud and mm-hmm. telling what you're doing and all this and that. And that was one of my things. The only way you knew I was around is you had to come and find me. I'm at the gym. I'm shooting. I'm in the weight room. But you weren't going to hear me. So I just shut my mouth and did my job and stayed out of the way. Did my rookie duties. I had to right. do them year after year because we win a championship they weren't getting no the picks <laughs> the next guy in it no then picks. we did get a pick we had mark matson they weren't gonna mark mess with mark matson he was mormon you know he just shaq loved him though yeah oh yeah we all love mark loved mark, but, yeah, but as far as the real yeah. haze and the stuff they're not they're gonna, not gonna, go gonna do that. that yeah for sure making him get up at night None and, uh, you know. so so you basically had to do yours repeat three years three years but you did it i did it you know and it you know and and so um yeah. Some of the work ethic, right? Again, everybody knows about this, the Kobe six 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 stuff, like the hours, the days of the month. Um, did you spend time working out with him one on one? All the time, um, all the time, and we would have 
battles of if we can beat them. So I lived in Manhattan Beach, which is only 10 minutes from El Segundo. Mm -hmm. He lived in Newport Beach. Right. He's on the beach side, but he's way further down. Right. He would beat us in, and he's pretty much dripping wet, done, while we trying to get in. Right. I've heard that you from everybody. I mean? known that. As soon as we get in there, we pull up. We hear the music in the gym. Too boom, late. boom. It's, he's already there. It's about late. And his his ability and him learning and learning things from him, and he was always in my corner. And he loved you if you were a dog. Yeah. If you fought, if he didn't care if you scrapper, he loved you. If you oh, my shoulder hurts and you doing all that and. That wasn't him. No, he, that wasn't he him. didn't. He didn't really want to rock with you like that. But if you if you scrapping and uh, clawing and all, he love it. And I, I mean, I would gotta say because I mean, I never thought I would have you in the in the, in the studio right here years ago watching you play. My grandma, I mean, she's a pathway for years now. But I was in college in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. She loved Cole. Like, and we're, I think we're, we're two hours difference down there. She stayed up late. I'm like, grandma, that's eleven mm -hmm. right now. Why are you still? I'm watching. I'm watching Cole, but I'm watching you. Got. I'm like, well, she loved that. But I was like, she's a basketball fan, but she really loved Lakers. But also, just the respect factor that, again, the work you put in, because the thing, you knew your role, guys knew your role, and that made the team better. And that's why I've always been, I never was a standout guy. I didn't score a lot of points. Had to play defense, get the ball to the guy who score, and do that. But, again, to see that come to play, you can see on the court, yeah, it was Kobe, Shaq was like, nah, we know. Who guarding, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Let's talk Shaq, though. I think he's one of the biggest, goofiest guys I've ever seen on TV, but also one of the, just, he pushes you in a different manner though too, right? But he's one of the, I like his funny side too. Shaq is such a hilarious, I like the way he interacts with his, his kids, all his kids, he's supportive, but on the court though, and he still talks about this day, the total domination is something that he kind of lives by. What was his practice work ethic like though? Cause I'm like, was he like that in practice or he just game time? So, it was a little bit of balance to me from my perspective. And he practiced hard, when we when he practiced, but he didn't practice a lot because he's playing the whole game. Thirty something minutes a game. He got guys Big hanging body, on him. Yeah, he's at that time. This wasn't the Steph Curry era. No, no. This was the Shaq era, where every team is. If you're seven foot, you would be on the team. So teams have five footage. or six, seven footers yeah. just for him yeah. to come in, foul on them, or lean on him. Mm -hmm. That was how you would structure your team. Mm -hmm. You had to have at least five big guys just sitting on the bench yeah. ready to be fouler yeah. or ready to come in and be a big body. And so it wasn't guards. And so so he wouldn't get breaks. So his breaks was practice. practice right, for sure. I mean, it would be sometimes a game. He'd call coach, I need a time. He's like, I need a break. Give me somebody in. Coach like, nope, timeout. He'd call timeout. Get your break now. You're going back in. You're not in. So, so he had a little different practice schedule. Yeah. You know, because we leaned on him heavy. Yeah, for sure. Um, Phil Jackson, again, talked about, like, I mean, I read a little bit of his book, um, Basketball Survival, in my eyes, IQ-wise. But did it take – how was you guys' connection as far as that goes? Because I think he had, he's one of the coaches that has a different relationship for every person on the team. Or he or was, he the, or was he the same throughout Ooh, life? Every, I think ooh. he communicates with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, funny story, is I was the beaten guy. Uh-oh. I was the beating guy. But you could take it, though. Yep. And so um, it took me probably three years, four years, for him to tell me what was going on. He called me up in his mm. office uh, when we got to New York. So for year after year, he would always pick on my segments as the teaching points. We'd come in. You know, we got we see the film. He got it paused. we come in. I'm like, damn, this is why I'm in the game. Here we go. And he's he, he getting on me, and he's cussing. George, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing here? What is this pass? This is not the cut we make. He just, I mean, just on me, just on me. Well, I'm like, coach, I don't know. So he cussed me out. 
he cussing me out. He told me one time, he told me one time he got he got so mad with me in film session. He told me, you know what? He's he said he says I'm a bad coach for even having your ass in the game. <laughs> so wow. he, so he, he would just I mean so he for year after year and so I'm like man, and then one time. He wouldn't see, you know, he thought it was somebody else. It might have been B. Shaw or somebody else. And he was like, George, what are we doing here? And then I'm like, nope, that ain't me. <laughs> and then he was like, you know why he did it? Because you've been doing it that way. So <laughs> it was no it was no, no escaping. Way around it. No way around so it. So finally we get to New York. He calls me up. And my dad always told me, like, you know, my dad would watch every game. Mm -hmm. He recorded every game. And so he's just like, you know what? You're on the bench. I need to see you smiling. Like he was just on, like, pre professional. And then I'll call him to complain about playing time. And he just could not understand and comprehend. My dad is from Mississippi. Okay. Mississippi, too. So he knew what my checks look like every two weeks. <laughs> and so he's like, You have no problem. He told me to sit my A on that mm -hmm. bench until Smile Jesus and called me. <laughs> and so he said, Don't move yeah. and just sit hey. there. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. That's 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 crazy, but that's definitely something I know. I always wonder about Phil. Um, man, it, it's this crazy thing about this this opportunity to run. The first the first championship run was when the first run that three P was uh ninety nine two thousand ninety nine two Pacers. So I think now was that the year you guys played sack in the? F oh, we played them every year. They the were Western coming it, every, every. Oh no, the Western the Conference was the third year. Though, the third right? year, yeah, that was the third one. Okay, but when when Vladdy hit yeah. the hit, hit the ball out, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, before you get there though, nah. Okay, so that first one though, man. Again, like so, seeing your dreams play out for you, like you go to the Lakers, you go to the, you playing with Hall of Famers, you're you're winning games at the highest level, you're in the biggest city, you know, one of the biggest basketball cities in the in the world in the country, and now you're in the finals. Um, is it a reality already? Like we can get this done the first go around, or how that first one come about just for you? The first one was really like extremely like it was extremely hard because it was so long like mm. the and playoffs, you had to travel too like yeah, you yeah, Indiana, it, and it, but the season like that oh. was a, like that was the first thing and most More people games. understand like college you're playing 30 games mm -hmm. 30 something games 28 games yeah you well like, you're almost playing three seasons yeah. in one just yeah. regular season yeah, yeah. you got 82 80, games 82. Mm -hmm. so you, so we call it we have this rookie wall usually around 40, 50 games. Burnout. As a rookie, you like, when is this over? <laughs> like, it's just like night after night. And then you know, like, it's a wall coming because, you know, I got, we got 30 more of these. <laughs> like, it's like, before you it's even a get to lot the of games. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. then you get to the playoffs. Then you got more. It's just, so I just remember just the, the mental fatigue mm -hmm. of like, the season is going on and you right. got to be on top of it. And then, you know, we had the scout team. You know, we had the scout team. Like, so we're running the other, as a young boy, we running the other team's okay. plays. Right. Because we got to get them ready. Okay. So we got to know our stuff, and we have to know their stuff. We didn't have another playbook. So when we practice, we got to run their calls. We got to run other team mm -hmm. sets. So, well, yeah, but that was just, th that first year was just overwhelming, the mental fatigue of, like, how yeah. long it is. Yeah. So did you guys win that in Indiana or in L.A.? We won that one in L.A. And the thing about it, you came out of college. Right up, step right, right into it. Right to the playoffs. Right into, yep. Right, right into, into the championship. Right into it. First year, second year, third year, first year, boom, boom, boom. So your in your first year, and again, so I, I'm 21 at the time, mm -hmm. 22 a little bit. 
that's probably unheard of too. I gotta check the stats on that later. But you can't write and got it, got to it, mm-hmm. and you got a three feet. But that first one, um, celebration for you. Um, Family players split up between everybody because I yeah. know it had to be something amazing. That is that is a crazy accomplishment to come out of college. Yeah, it was done. it was it was an amazing celebration of like, you know, winning that last game and and being a champion, and then just walking into it. And I was like, oh, I was just at Augsburg last That's year. Crazy. Now I'm like spraying yeah. champagne <laughs> bottles <laughs> in bottles. you know the locker room and stuff, bottles. and getting cigars handed to you. And so it's like yeah. it was just another moment that I just kind of had to sit back and like, just a year ago I was in a little bitty gym last year, you know, doing you know. So that was one of the things that was going through my mind. That's 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 super dope. So trans again, Phil, how I did it before, did it twice, another team. Going to your second year, your team meeting or team, your you get back. Okay, camp, get ready to start your team meeting. How do y'all get ready for that? Because now the first one's out the way, right? But that second one, they say is always a harder one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mind you, as being a young player, I had to do summer league. So we win a championship. So, so just doing. think about my. So I'm. <laughs> so we're going year, back, right? Yeah, we're going back to my my mental fatigue. Mm-hmm. Like I'm already rookie wall. Some you know. So basically, I, so right when I got drafted, so I had the triangle before everybody because I got drafted and we had summer league. So you already started. Well, with guys on. I had it in June, uh, July, the, okay. the previous year. The net, the Kobe Shackman didn't get it until October, September, so in training camp. Now. So we had so so again. So I started there. We go all season long. I'm mentally fatigued. We win the championship. Hmm. We got there. We win the championship. I got five days. I got to start summer league again. That's so crazy. I had to go back to summer league all of July. Start of August. I get August off. I can go see people, go do a little break. September, I got to come back in and start working out. What was your rehab like? What did you do? Because that's, that's, that's a lot of months. How did you bounce back from so that like? It, I mean, you had to get your acupuncture and mm-hmm. massage and just your ice, and you just had to be on top of it. It's like a that's full a thing. And, you know, because in August – I had to come in and part of it, I had a, a bonus in my contract if I did, did some workouts, some lifting. So, I'm, so I'm the only one in there. So summer league is over. Everybody's leaving. I'm going to get the bonus. So I get, get that 420 yeah, I need to get that bread. I'm not going to leave no money on the table. Yeah. So I go there. Then two weeks off, September come, I got to get it back. So I get like two weeks off, maybe four yeah. weeks off for the summer. Yeah. Come back at it. And just so I did that again. So when I did that, second year, won the championship again. Two weeks later. Summer League. Still Did summer that again. league, though. Yeah. Got to go back. I could get my bonus. Got to oh. do it again. Third year. Going into my third year. Summer League again. We win the championship. Do, so, so just your think your three-year run was like <laughs> consecutive months, really. You really didn't have any breaks. I didn't. So you wouldn't have any breaks. Three and a half years of just straight, straight basketball. basketball. Straight basketball. Um, that That's crazy. So during these this times there, playoffs, all that stuff like that, give me your top two places to play outside of L.A., though. That you like, okay, we're going to this city. I want to have a good game. I know that I like the environment. going to be live. It's going to be jumping. Two, two, two teams at two locations that stood out for you. Um, San Antonio and Sac. Okay. San Antonio, I heard about Sacramento. They had that, that was crazy. Got a little bit of the Alamo Dome. Yeah. Okay. That was that was a little crazy. And then and then Sac Pain here. Okay. With with the Kyle Bells and stuff. That was that, that was, was definitely a different environment. Crazy. Um, that was crazy. Your personal biggest game of your career you can remember. 
Um, two, two of them highlights was two at that. The closeout game of uh, third championship, third one. being the leading scorer and then just knocking down shots into crazy. To that definitely so was that crazy. So that was um, that was that was probably my biggest um, moment. What was it like for you going back home after that? Now, because I it can't be the same. Or I mean, like initially, right starting out after you got those done, and then going back home. How was it when, you, like, after your first one, do you go home for a little bit? Yeah, I did. I went home. And it then... was um, it was exciting for you know for people, um, because you know where we're from, it's um, you know a lot of people take that on. Like that's us. We're at the See, Lakers. Course, you know, you know they course. think you know that's there, and, and he's representing us. That's that's a kid from my. You know, we grew up with them, and so it was it was exciting for people. You know, going back home. Yeah. Um, at the same time, you know, people were like, you know like crazy excited mm-hmm. they just didn't know what to say they would just like ask the silliest questions mm-hmm. and stuff I knew people that and the you know my friends my, my crew that I used to hang with used to get so mad and the number one question that people just didn't know what to say is they used to just ask me like do you really know Kobe and Shaq <laughs> I just play every day with them for, and I'm like, no, they play on the other Laker team. <laughs> I play on the West Coast Laker team. They play on the East Coast, and uh, I don't get a chance to come right. in the locker room. You know, if they're there, I can't be there. Right, right. You know, so I, I, they, but that was the number one question. Like, dude, no, I'm like, what do you mean? I'm with the dude every day. Right, like that's so. Crazy. Yeah. Um, that's but yeah, that's what's up, man. You have a great run there, going to Dallas, spend mm-hmm. some time there. Mm-hmm. Um. Mark Cuban was Dallas at the time. Yeah. So, and I've already heard. I've seen him redo the the building there, though. He takes care of his. his oh, he <laughs> I heard Mark. He's the one guy that people. Mark, Mark's. Hey, he gonna look out. Playstations in your locker room, back. You know, all kind of stuff. Like he takes yes, out for indeed. his play. <laughs> yes, indeed. Mark Cuban. Funny look out. story. When um, so our Laker plane was like one of the old Delta planes that they gut out. It was one uh-huh. of the regular charter planes that we have. You know, it doesn't look. You know, they take the regular Delta planes, they gut them out, right. and they kind of section them off. Like the front section is like car tables and stuff. Right. You know, we have the big seats. You and got stuff. any longer space? They got more middle, space. middle section for the coaches. They got the TVs and stuff, and then the back they have like the first. Is the back is like all first class. Okay. Kinda. Yeah. Um. So, that was our plane. It was nice. So when I got, Dallas. so when I went over to Dallas my first year. You know, preseason start, they didn't have their plane. Either it was getting fixed or Cuban was renting it out or something like that, but it wasn't going to be ready mm-hmm. until. So the guys were mad, but the plane that we had to take was the Laker plane that we had. It was They were oh. like, oh, man, we got this plane. I was like, what's wrong with this plane? This is the one we've been on. <laughs> they like, just wait till we get our plane, you and then it. you'll see Uh-oh. why we want to. And then when you the plane came, I said, I see why y'all didn't want to get on this plane. <laughs> and so, um, but Mark yeah, he Cuban. Mark Mark sets it out. Mark does it. He, That's what's up. You know. So... Spend time there, Golden State too. But just as it, as it starts to round off, and a shout out to my one of my best friends, man, Aaron Haynes, just finished up a 17 year career in South Korea, played years there, about 14 years. But the transition part, mm-hmm. a lot of athletes talk about this in all sports, right? Um, mm-hmm. As we know, Father Time undefeated, but also sometimes it can different things come to play. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, was it just you felt knew it was that time, or something? May not that last contract didn't work out, so it was like you know it's time to shift at that point in time. No, I, well the shift in my mind started probably so. First year, get drafted, three-year contract. After that three years, they were trying to sign me, Lakers trying to sign me at 12.01, soon as the, t- the clock ticked. Mm-hmm. So I never really had a chance to hit free agency. I went and saw some other people. So right. then I got another four-year contract. After that four-year, after my seventh year, I sat on the market for a little bit. And then that's when it kind of clicked in, like, ooh. Like, say now here, what's after basketball or what's this? This right. that's kind of got me going because it didn't have a chance once I got drafted and once I got signed. I didn't have a chance to really get that thinking of like this is it. You mm-hmm. know, four years down the line, three years down the line is 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 
you know, it seems like a long time, but it goes by quick. Right. So after that seventh year, that's when I said, you know, I really started getting involved. I was always involved in our union and stuff, but that's when I started getting involved in like the internships and using the NBA and saying, hey, I want to go meet with these guys. I want to start meeting with these business executives and going and doing internships and me and sitting on movie sets, just kind of doing everything just okay. to kind of see okay. what excites me after basketball because this isn't going to last forever. Okay. And so that's kind of what my mindset was. Um, I took the Stanford course. Um, that there's an MB so they do one at Harvard, Stanford, and they did one I think it at maybe Northwestern, but I think it was at Harvard and Stanford. They did the two. I did the West Coast one, okay. where they have the top professors yeah. in business come in and teach you for a week. It's a crash course. It's like from eight in the morning to eight at night, and they feed you. They do this. They bring all these speakers in, all these business owners in, and they give you their cards, their information, or whatever. Hey, if you're going through business, and we had one day where we did franchises. Next day we did real estate. Next day we did. Um, uh, franchising the baseball teams and basketball teams, um, they, you know we did we did all kinds of different businesses, the garage band, all that other stuff, and mm. so um, they taught us the difference, and we had just you know learned and, and you know so that was one of the things I did. I think that's a lot of unseen stuff for, and I'm gonna keep it real c clear, like a lot of African American or minority athletes, we are we can do other things in sports, yeah, and do it well and articulate it well and learn and and be effective. Begin and then yeah, if you use your your work from basketball to funnel your other business or you know to provide for your family, we're able to do that because again we we can be educated. We are educated again, like I said, D three athlete, yep. college graduate. Yep. You know what I mean. So being versatile in mm -hmm. different spaces. I mean, I've heard you speak on numerous occasions to kids, adults, and it's it's transparent. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's super dope. So and before we get out of here at the end of my show, man, I always kind of give I like to give my I want to ask your triple threat, right? So we know basketball, right? Pass, mm -hmm. shoot, whatever. Mm -hmm. But now it can be just in life in general for you, like your triple threat of what you want to relate to somebody else or what you live by, whatever it is, man. Just I want to get your triple threat right now. You know, I just from being in the basketball world, I would say patience. Um, like there's three things like, you know, work ethic, patience, and just belief, you know, and, and, you know, you got to work hard, like nothing's given to you. And like a lot of people get it mixed up, like, you don't have to work hard or it just comes. I just want to be a basketball player. So I just be one. I just, but I don't have the same habits. I play games all day. I don't do this. I don't take it serious, you know? And then, you know, it, it, the belief you gotta you know you gotta believe in you know that things that happen you gotta mm -hmm. keep a positive mind you gotta sow you know positive seeds in your thoughts and you know and then patience you know a lot of people aren't patient they want it now yeah that quick like they want around. it right now it's like I need to have it this I need to be the best player in eighth grade I need to be the best this I need to be the top this and it all has to happen and I always like telling people this and encouraging both young and old good and bad mm -hmm. kids that are top of the class now or kids that might be the lowest sure. it doesn't yeah, it goes and I, I always tell them to encourage kids is that all the players I play with I can only account a handful of guys that were phenoms at 7th 8th ninth grade that, that continue to go right, on right. everybody had a story that's the reality all the best the greats other than LeBron and him he was 7th grade and he's still LeBron to now but that, was that than, 1 yeah, right? yeah, all that, of them all, maybe Ray Allen Ray Allen Jesus other way he, he was <laughs> yeah. you know and so but all the other players that made it to the NBA and played with they've all had a story couldn't get on the team cut they were overweight they were this they mm -hmm. were that 
that was the, that's the norm. The norm isn't you're the phenom now. And parents push this. Oh, my son's the right best now. phenom in seventh grade. And that's actually the worst thing to be doing. If you look at those numbers, the best seventh and eighth graders that are right now, they won't even make it. Hmm. They won't even make it. I can show you all the top seventh and eighth graders. And I always shout out that other uh, YouTube station that I was watching. Um, Stunted Growth, it's called. Uh-huh. And it shows all those YouTube phenoms okay. of those kids, the handlers, the ball handlers, the shooters, this and that. Where are they now type? It ruined them because mm-hmm. they put that LeBron weight, that professional on. weight on them with that expectation. And these are kids. They can't hold all that weight. Right. And they're there. The best way is the late bloomers. The best way is the ones that stay under there, nobody worrying about, there's no pressure on you, you just keep getting better, you keep getting better, and it all comes together. That's what's up, too. That's that's super dope, man. Uh, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to come, drop a lot of knowledge, man. um, (laughs) I definitely, again, like I said, it's it's definitely been... uh, a lot, of, a lot of bars, a lot of wisdom, man. A lot, a lot of gems. I hope everybody's taking heed. And these athletes, these coaches, and people just learning. But also, again, like I'm saying before we get out of here too, though, man, D3, y'all. <laughs> D3, the only, The only first-round pick out of the D3. But because kids these days, want it's D1 or bust. D, but now they have so many outlets. You can go yeah, to, you can, you can advocate for yourself. Or yeah, this phone out is there. Just, so it's different a, now. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's more different. avenues for you. Yeah. But um, do that as well. And I definitely, before I go, man, they might still be up. My people in Jamaica watching right now, um, shout out to my twin, man. Tomorrow's our birthday, man. We'll be 39 tomorrow. My twin sister, man, Tish, happy birthday. I happy love birthday, you. Tish. Everybody in Jamaica, too, man. <laughs> if y'all staying up, man, bless up. I appreciate y'all. And, uh, man, shout out to DJ Eddie again. Once again, man, we in the 360 studio. It's yeah. popping, man. It's the hottest thing rocking. And uh, you're going to keep this thing going. Shout out to Devin George, man. Um, great guy. On and off the court. Not in front of the cameras. He's like this every time since I met him working in camps with the kids. Um, and he's about this business, but also about just giving knowledge and, and really just putting something positive out there in the area, which we need in Sacramento. And again, this is my goal to keep things going like this so we can branch out to the city, to the kids, to the youth, and give back to the game that does so much for us. And you know, I mean, that's what it's about, prosperity and that. So uh, many blessings to you, man. I appreciate, appreciate it, you. All right, man. Anytime. Appreciate you. Anytime. Yes, sir. All right, y'all have a good one, man. We out.